All right. Uh, welcome to Clocks on the Stove. We've got the usual characters, Big Meech, and uh, the undisputed champion of Florida himself, Grayson Fisher. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a special guest today who is not a sports guy, but um, he works full-time at Nickelodeon. Uh, we go ways back. He's from my hometown in Connecticut. And uh, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Matt Ty. What's up? Thanks for having me on, boys. What's going on? Thanks for coming. So what is it? Of this is episode 10, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I yeah. think nice. Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks, we took guys. a little hiatus, but we're back. Yeah, we're back. Cool. It's, a little it's not about, uh, not about how, how far you go. It's how you get there, you know? True. Yeah. So what exactly? Yeah, cool. Let's uh, let's dive on in. What exactly do you do for Nickelodeon? Like how? Like, I don't know anything. You know, tell us everything you got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's that's my day job, and I'm I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm an associate producer there, so just working on like all the all the shows and stuff, and uh, like all their their trailers and campaigns and stuff like that for like new shows, movies, and stuff like that. Um, I've been working there for like four years now. So I started working there when I was in college and then just been there ever since. Um, and yeah, that's my day job. That's what takes up most of my time. And then on the side, I do a bunch of other stuff, which is like a little more interesting to me <laughs> than the Nick stuff. Um, no offense, but you know how it is. Now, how did yeah, you get started with, uh, with, sorry, Meech. How did you, how did you get started with Nickelodeon? That's such like a, uh, it's such a big corporation like business. It's, it's kind of crazy that you started working for them at such a young age. Yeah. So I just did a lot of networking. Like, no, I I had like recruiters emails and stuff and I was hitting them up. Like I made a five-year plan uh, when I, or four-year plan when I moved to New York for college. And um, I moved to New York city when I was 18 and then I made a plan. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, 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 and those steps are going to get me to work at Nickelodeon or Pixar. Like one of those two, those were like the top two that I wanted to work at. And so I just like, kept doing it and I had a bunch of internships somewhere unpaid somewhere somewhere paid um I was working at NBC for a little bit and then when I was a senior in college I started PAing like like at events so like comic-con and like that kind of stuff for Nick uh and then yeah I just like pretty much kept like bothering the recruiters and just like I really want to work here and all that stuff and that's how it happened and so yeah I'm sorry Meech I just got one more what just like break it down a little bit so like pixar and nickelodeon the two things you want what exactly do you do like what's an example of something that you've done for nickelodeon i just trying to get a full grasp on it it's 100 percent. yeah so i mean it's a lot of different stuff like um i used it's been like a lot over the different years i've been there for so long it's been you know things have switched up a lot like when i first started i was working on all 90s nickelodeon stuff so it was all like the revival stuff like um you know, like on maybe on TV, we'll, you'll have like a whole week of like, hey, Arnold or something like that. So I was like writing and producing those spots and working with other producers to make those spots and all that kind of stuff. Um, like, like, so then, you, but, are you working on the actual show or you're working on like getting the show at certain times and certain days? I'm working on like the, the general brand and stuff like that. So I'm not like on set on the show, but we have our own shoots and stuff like that. But it's more like the, the um, you know, like my pod or whatever is like about brand and all that kind of stuff and like how we build a Nickelodeon brand how we build brand awareness how we can like it's like uh, marketing kind of yeah it's it's marketing yeah yeah so it's like the it's like the production side of marketing like making the trailers for the for the new shows and stuff like that like launching shows yeah Yeah. I know it's kind of confusing it's like if you're not there like whenever I explain it people are like yeah I got it why why do you want to do Nickelodeon or Pixar like that was so specific about marketing thing yeah I mean I grew up loving Nickelodeon it's like my favorite shit ever when I was a kid and then Pixar 2 was a big part of my life growing up so I I knew I wanted to be in animation and those were two like those were like the two highest standards I could do so being that I was in New York I knew that Nickelodeon was in New York uh so that was more like obtainable when I was like still in college and stuff like that so that's kind of where I ended up um and yeah I don't know I've just always I've always loved the brand and I love like the old shows and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to come in there and like see what they've been doing. And then like, 
also work on the old shows that I grew up watching that I like knew so much about. So I was making like sick content for, for a lot of those 90s shows back when we were doing that. So yeah, that's kind of the reason, I guess. So, so you're out in Colorado right now. Like, do you get to, you know, work remotely or how does that work? Yeah. So since the pandemic started, I mean, I was in the office five days a week at in uh, Times Square is where I work and I was living in Brooklyn. And then pretty much what happened was we got sent home and then we've been working remotely ever since. So I've just been traveling pretty much. Like I was, I did a couple months in LA. I, uh, I moved out of New York officially, packed my shit up at my parents' house in Connecticut. <laughs> um, and like just been on the road. I, I, I lived a month in Oregon. Now I'm in Colorado. I'm about to go to Texas this week for a month. So then Georgia maybe. So like, I'm just going to keep going different spots and, yeah, stay away from they Georgia, me. man. I lived yeah. there for a year. No, it's really. <laughs> yeah, it, you you might as well go to Florida if you're going there. I'd recommend Austin, Texas. Maybe Fort Worth. You're going to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Now are these, uh, people, are these locations they're sending you to, or are you just trying to explore? Yeah, I'm just doing it on my own. Like I work, I work remotely, so I'm just on my computer. You know, my typical ten to six job, whatever, and then after that, I. Uh, I just party, you know, <laughs> wherever I am. Now, what, what are some of, the, some of the side things you said you were doing that, that interests you a lot? Yeah, so the the main thing that I do, which uh, is, like, way, you know, more dear to my heart than, like, any nine-to-five shit is I just launched this, like, animated talk show that's weekly, and it's called Matt the Bat's Bat Shit Shit Show, and it's just, like, an animated bat that sits at a table and has, like, you know, I have guests on, and uh, I do features on creators that I love and stuff like that. Um, so it's like, it's really based around like art and, you know, like influencers, creators, like bringing them on and just like hearing their perspectives. And then I also have people come on who are like from different walks of life. Like I had like one OnlyFans model come on who's like crushing it in like the um, the nude photo business. <laughs> and then I had, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then I had a pilot come on and then I had a cancer survivor I, I saw come on. That. Like, you saw that? <laughs> I saw the pilot one where you're like, uh, you're like, has anyone been to the Mile High Club? And I was dying. <laughs> and the guy's Thanks, like, bro. oh, I've heard stories, but <laughs> shit had me dying. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I do it. It's just like interesting because you you know like you, nobody really talks to a pilot. Nobody talks to like uh, an OnlyFans model. Like these things really, they're not really people that you get that get interviewed very often. So when you talk to them, you get like some gems of clips like that, where it's just like natural segue into like talking about funny shit. And it's, it's just fun. Honestly, it gives me some, like, uh, it gives me some like no jumper vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. Doing like the interesting people that you would never think about like complete curveballs. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he does it, he does it so well. It's like, oh, he's so good. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's, yeah. that's one thing I noticed, like, especially when me and Meech started doing this, cause like, me and me talked about this for like probably two years and just like, it was always just like, Oh, that's mess around. It's a podcast. You know, it was like we we're both the same major in college and we, we both love sports. And then we finally like started doing it. And I was like, dude, it's not just sitting around talking in front of the mic. Like it's so much deeper than that. Like, like when you watch Joe Rogan or you watch like Brendan Shaw, like those are the guys I really watch or like, like uh, Adam for no jumper, Adam 22. Like it looks, they make it look so casual and relaxing, but like, the whole time they're like, organizing a conversation and they're and they're they're what's it called they're like coasting it like they're like guiding it they're guiding the conversation all the time and like it looks so simple and then you do like one of these and you do that and it's like they're really really good at what they do it's a lot more yeah. talking to people like joe yeah, rogan totally. has such a diverse audience and the way that he's just like a natural you know just i guess you could call him like a journalist podcast he's like the goat in my opinion yeah no i went to so actions on on the joe rogan topic i'm i'm born and raised from tampa florida so my family lives in tampa florida and this past weekend on friday joe rogan had a stand-up comedy with uh tony hinchcliffe as an opener in tampa and i went and saw him and i've never been in in like i don't know how to describe it like i've never been to an event where i couldn't like entail the kind of people that were there like you go to a sporting event it's a bunch of jocks you would like a hip, like a red hot chili peppers, a bunch of weed smokers, you know, like there yeah. was every kind of human being you could ever think of was at that stand up company. Like, like, yeah, every walk of land that you could ever think of was at that Joe Rogan thing. Like, I was yeah. like, 
it's insane how he can bring together so many different kinds of people and they all enjoy the same thing, but like they're all so different. Like it's I think his comedy kind of sucks. No, it was, <laughs> it was solid. It was solid. I was gonna say, how was how was that? It was good. It was good. I had a good time. I had a good time. Um, the venue itself could have been a little bit better ran, but like as far as from what he can control, he did a good job. Yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, yeah his his channel is a good example of one that just he just hits every, as you said, like every demographic, every group, every niche, every like subsection, like everything he does is just hitting it with the highest person in that ranking. So like he wants to talk to like, I don't know, fucking like conservative journalists or whatever. He's talking to Ben Shapiro. Like he's talking to like the greatest of that category, you know, like he wants to talk to a rock star. He's talking to like Miley Cyrus, who's like the greatest of that category. So it's like, he's really good at just like having that, that clout and having those, uh, you know, ha- having the ability to just bring those really huge people on. And then he just attracts every audience with it. So it's yeah, like, and really I think he does it off the cuff too, which is just insane to talk like that for three hours with people. Yeah, he, hours. he brings on people that like, he doesn't even know, you know, like he knows their backstory and then that's it, which is like insane to me. But I mean, he's been doing it for a while, but. Uh, oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, like the piggyback off you, Meech, like three hours of talking and it doesn't slow down. It doesn't go, um, well, it's, it's nonstop. It's literally insane. And my favorite thing about him is drawing from the all different lives of demographics. It's like, it doesn't matter who he has on that week. I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to be intrigued because the way he, he makes those conversations happen. Yes. There are sometimes he has some very boring people on, you know, yes. that's just how they are. But he makes them talk and he he guides the conversation into a way that all audience listeners are like intrigued and interested, which is like I said, before I started doing podcasting and I just thought I was a good speaker, I didn't realize like how how good some of these guys really are at that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's working. It's working for him. I used to watch him. I don't really watch. I don't really listen anymore at all unless they got someone like amazing on. And I'm like, all right, I got to check it out. But yeah, no, I mean, I definitely like think he knows what he's doing. Like he's. You know, he's like, they always say in the comments, like he's that dude at the party when you're fucked up and it's like 2 a.m. and you're just having some crazy conversation with him. It's like, that's him, you know, like it's just so natural. So, I mean, I respect him in that sense for sure. No, and, and the thing I like about him too is he'll, he'll he, it doesn't matter if he disagrees or agrees with someone on their topic or he doesn't know a lot about a topic. He will acknowledge like, look, I don't know a lot about this. That's why I brought you on. Like, I want you to educate me on this. Or he'll be like, look, I disagree with you, like this conservative person on this topic, but I'm open in ears to like listen to what you have to say about it. You know, like that's really helped me a lot to learning in this field, you know, because like I'm still like, I consider myself like an amateur at this. I'm still learning to do that too, is is just listen and and start to absorb it rather than just sticking to an opinion. You know, perspective is such a large, large trait today. Oh, totally. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like the the pod. I feel like everyone has a podcast now. It's just like, you know, it's just kind of hard to stand out. So, but there's some guys that like make a TikTok presence, and they are just a bunch of morons, and they somehow have a million followers on TikTok. And uh, so it's like, it's kind of luck and skill and if you break into that niche like sports is like really oversaturated so i mean in my opinion i think we should have more guests on like matt or you know like you were saying how you have just like random guests on like only fans people and you know like i don't know i think we should diversify a little bit but like um I mean, so far from the, we've barely promoted this and we have some good numbers and they're coming up. So it's awesome. It's great. So like once we get advertisers and stuff like that, I mean, I think, you know, there's like people that do this that don't really have that big of a following, like 50,000, like, and you could make, you could do this full time just you know, off ads and, and, uh, so, I mean, it'd be awesome to have this as a career, you know? Oh, for sure. Totally. Like my, my favorite part about podcasting, obviously I'm a very social person. I've always had been my whole life. I love talking to people. It's like, we kind of pull away from this, this modern era of 
being scared to talk to people and just emailing and texting and being on your phone all the time. Like this is a time where I get to like sit down with someone that's really interesting or with an interesting topic. And there's, there's no BS. There's no politics. There's no cell phone. It's just, it's, it's me, Grayson, Meech and Matt. And we're just talking, we're just having a good time, you know, like, and that's why I love it. It's so laid back and so relaxed. And like, it's, I feel like conversations like this don't happen anymore. You know, like this is the only output that it does happen, which really sucks. No, totally. And like, what better time to do it after being stuck inside for so long? It's like, that's kind of what my show was bred from was like, just that need to talk to somebody and like, you know, just like connect with somebody uh, because it's been, you know, it's been it fucking sucks. We've been stuck inside. So I totally agree with that. Now where, now let's go back a little bit, uh, backtrack on, on your, on what brought you to where you are today. Where did you end up uh, going to school and what did you study there? I went to Pace University in Manhattan. And I studied film and English there. So, um, I mean, it was, a sh- it was a shit school. I mean, like, the school was all right, but, like, the program really sucked. So uh, there was, like, very few people who were actually, like, doing stuff outside of, like, school. So uh, I, I was lucky enough to have a really cool group of friends who were, like, really grinding. Like, I have one friend who's just been making, like, feature films uh, since, he, since he was in college. I have another friend who's a really successful animator. Um, and I have a couple other friends that just like are still are killing it and like working at different places like SNL, like all these different things. And it's like that group of people I've seen do really well. And then I see there's another group of people who just like, I don't know what it was, like did not take advantage of being in New York. And I felt like I was really fortunate to be in the group of people that was like taking advantage of being in New York and networking and all that stuff. And uh, I got to see firsthand a lot of my friends do really well and really succeed. And that really inspired me to just like, do shit outside of school because that school was not providing the things that I needed. And I was paying a lot of money for it. Like I was going to school in Manhattan, you know? So it's like, for me, I was like, I need to fucking figure this out. Cause you only have one time to do this, uh, be in college and be in New York and be living off loans and stuff like that. So I made it happen. That's, that's where I, that's why I'm where I am, wh- why I'm where I am now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, did Tyler Macy, did he go to USC or was he at Pace? No, um, so he was – Brandon was – his little brother Brandon was there for, for a year at Pace, which was fun. I, I hung out with him a little bit. Uh, Tyler's at UConn, and he transferred up to – transferred to USC, like, later, moved out to L.A. And, yeah, he's, like – Dude, he's – Another – he's crushing dude, he's it, he's making yeah. films with, like, Quavo and, like, he's doing music videos. He's killing it. I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a legend, man. He's like, and I'll always be very grateful for him growing up with him. I've known him since I was in like sixth grade because he's the one who taught me how to like edit and all that stuff. Like he was the guy who was uh, filming skating when he was in like fourth grade. Like he was just so good at everything he was doing. So like to see him grow and see him where he is now and see him, yeah, working with all these huge artists and stuff like that is like, Pretty awesome. You should get him on. He'd be a good guest. Now, yeah. What's, but, like, uh, what, what's like your end goal here? So like, obviously where you're at is an awesome position for how young you are and everything like that. But like, what's like, I know you wanted to work for Nickelodeon, but obviously like, what's like, if, if everything that like, you ever thought of went right, like, where do you want to be? Like, what's like, what are you like striving for? That's a great question. Uh, you know, I'm still figuring that out. It's like, as you said, I'm young and I'm, there's a lot like going on right now, especially cause I'm traveling and like, you know, I started, I launched my YouTube like three months ago for real. Like I always had a channel and I would post kind of whenever, but uh, I really started posting regularly and like, you know, monitoring analytics and all that kind of stuff just like three months ago. And um, I'm just seeing like steady growth and I'm like hoping that that growth gets to a point where I could do that full time because I think like YouTube is such a powerful tool right now and it's such an interesting place for creators to be and like with everything we have it's like if I want to work in media and I want to work in entertainment I feel like building my own brand is the way that I really need to go um you know there that with that comes a lot of different things like financial stability is a little bit harder uh if your video tanks you might not be getting paid that well that week but if your video does really well you're gonna make a lot of money and like there's so there's a lot of factors that I'm kind of working out because Right now I have a very, you know, steady, well-paying job, like a nine to five. And it's great because I get PTO and I get 
all this stuff and it's a great company to work for. So it's like, you know, uh, it's definitely a lot on my mind when it comes to how I can build my own brand and just advance further. So I think in my perfect world, I would just be working for myself and, you know, building my brand, making my own schedule and just doing shit that I love and having like a small team of people who just like fuck with the vision and want to just make it, you know, make it something amazing. So how many subscribers do you have in those three months? Uh, I've gotten like eight or 900 in those three months, which is like, I mean, that's, those are small numbers, but uh, I'm more, I'm more monitoring like almost like watch hours, which is like a bigger one for me because um, watch hours just show like how much of your shit's being watched. And, you know, I have like on TikTok, I have like 70,000 followers. I don't even fucking use it. It's like one of those things where it's just like, yeah, it's just, but it's like one of those things. It's like, I was focused so hard on numbers for so long and like, you know, how can I like make this viral video? Like, and I've had viral videos and the feeling of having a viral video isn't nearly as, as cool as like putting out this, like, you know, 20 minute animated talk show, which is like so fun. And like, I, I put my heart into, and I get to write and I get to like host it and I get to act and all these different things and edit and everything. So it's like, for me, um, yeah, I'm really thankful for all eight, eight, 900 of my subscribers but at the same time it's like i uh i'm i'm just like trying to focus on like doing it right now um which seems like you guys are as well like it's just fun right yeah exactly yeah it's a good hobby yeah Yeah, good it's a good um because like i can going back a little bit what you said it's a good like i'm I'm a mma fighter i don't have i don't have a structured path you know i'm not high school football college football nfl or baseball mlb minor leagues there's no there's no structure for me you know, it's like, hopefully I do good in amateur and then a full organization signs me and then hopefully I do good in a full organization and then maybe go to like a UFC or Bellator or something that, that can hold you. But like at the same time, until you, to make a living fighting, it's years, you know, not everyone's Conor McGregor, the, the average pay for the UFC is like 20000 to fight. Like it's, it's not what wow. you think it is. Yeah. So like, Holy shit. Really? Dude, like, that's that. wild. What Dude, about the like the UFC, brand deals and the, stuff? the UFC pays their fighters 16% of their revenue. 16%. That same thing with WWE is like the same shit. Like they get horrible health insurance and all this stuff. Exactly. It's like, so, yeah, and they're yeah. dead from shooting roids by exactly. 45. So then I also have to find other out- outcomes to make money. You know, like obviously we're not making money off this yet, but I would like to eventually, you know, and I'm an entertainer. I have to get endorsements. So like I have all those other things too. So like right now I'm just trying to, I'm not really worried. Like right now I'm blowing up our podcast, or like being like super famous or anything. I just want to, I want to know that I'm good at it now. You know, I'm about 21 years old. I turned 22 in, in two days, you know, like really young. I'm doing a lot more, you know, yeah. I like to believe that most people my, are my age, you know, but I, I want to keep, I want to stay ahead. You know, I don't want to end up being ahead and then catching up to everyone else. I want to stay ahead, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to do this more to learn and aspect. And then it's a good building platform. You know, what if our podcast goes up? All right, we're making millions off this. Or I go to ESPN and get an interview. I show them, look, I have experience in front of a camera. I have experience on podcast, you know, it's so like, it's little things like this that are so fun and they open up more than one doorway in your life, you know? Have yeah, you made your, uh, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry uh, Grayson, have you made uh, your journalism pr- portfolio? Yeah. No. Oh, are you a junior? I'm a senior. And yeah, they you're young. They haven't had you do that yet? Dude, that's weird because that's like big. Like, I have one, but like, yeah, bro. But it, things got weird when COVID hit, man. It went like a weird, like, it, it's there was no more A to B, like, that doesn't exist no more. What do you mean, A to B? Like, usually it's like, oh, you're in like this class and do this, and then this class and do that, and see that pressure. It's not like that no more, bro. So there's all these variables, you know. What were you about to say, though, Matt? I, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, I had one, as I said, like, having these people on my show, it's kind of cool because, like, they just hearing their mindset and hearing how they think about like their pro like things like process and growth and all that kind of stuff is really interesting because I've had people, you know, who like, like my friend who's a pilot, he's just like a pilot, like he's not an influencer or whatever. And then I've had people who have like, you know, millions of subscribers or whatever. And like hearing their different ideas of what's going on is like, and how they're going to like, you know, move forward with their brand and fight burnout and stuff like that, which is something I talk about a ton on the show. It's like, it's really interesting. And two of the best things that I heard from it, which I think are worth passing along are um, 
like one person told me he's like a really he's a really big uh animator as well um from wales and he was like yeah man like it's all about consistency over time like that's what builds you know that's what like because that's the whole thing with viralness is like you go viral you have nothing to back it up it's like you're just stuck making that one thing that made that made you viral for the rest of your life yeah it's like it's just sad and it gives people false hope so like i'm and i used to feel that way too and like you know having videos that have done well like that i'm like and the, the what with the legacy that comes from it is not nearly as enough as if like if i had a brand built behind it and like it brought people to my other videos and shit like and it's so it's interesting so consistency over time is the big one and then the next one that i thought was really interesting was um i had one other guest who's a musician and he was talking about like focusing on levels and he was like yeah like he's noticed himself focusing focusing on levels so like he's got this level and he's like, all right, I want to get to this level and I want to get to this level. I want to get this level. And like, he's doing really cool shit, but he's not even noticing where he is in the moment because he keeps focusing on the next level. And when you keep doing that, you burn yourself out and you just like, it's, it's good in a way because it obviously keeps you in the mentality that you're like grinding and all that kind of stuff. But um, I really resonated with that because I felt like I was always focused on the levels rather than the process. And like, when you focus, when you don't focus on the process, you're not learning. So it's like, that's the best thing I could say. And it seems like you guys have that mindset with this podcast as well, which is pretty sick. Um, I'm really glad you said that because I was always like going into this year. Cause I feel like I, what I like to do a lot is like every year in my life, because my birthday, like I said, is in two days. It's like a reevaluation. Like what did I gain this year that I'm better there? What I'm worse at, you know, I, I like to think a lot, you know, I'm a big thinker. I, I, especially when I'm like in fight camp, I have a lot of extra time on my hand. I like to reevaluate myself, reevaluate everything I'm doing. You know, I just feel like it's healthy. And going into this year, I would always, like, refer to the Matthew McConaughey saying where he's, like, my – everyone asks me who my, like, uh, like who I want to be, like, who inspires me. It's, like, me in, for, in 10 years. So that's why I always think about, like, well, in 10 years I want to be here. In 10 years I want to be here. And then about a, a maybe a little bit less than a year ago, I read this thing, and it was, like, stop worrying about where you're going to be next year because the year, the year from you last year is thinking about where you are right now. You know, and I'm, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I try to do – you know, and I, I get like a, a healthy anxiety about it sometimes. Like I wake up like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. So like, oh, I'm worrying about this thing next week. And I'm, I've been doing, a, I've been trying to work on it a lot. And I'm definitely getting better at it. I haven't fully conquered it, but like, do not think about anything other than today. Don't think about a single thing. Don't even yeah. think about waking up tomorrow. Wake up today, attack and give today a 110% of everything you have and enjoy every second of it. And then go to sleep and then you worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. You know, and it, and then like Joe Rogan talks about it. You do that. You do that every day. That's a, that that one great day goes into a great week, and that great week goes into a great half month, and that great half month goes into a month, and then months, and then a year, and then every day is amazing. You know, because I used to get overwhelmed thinking about everything at once, but it's like one day at a time. Like I won't even think about what I'm doing tomorrow morning or like even wake, waking up tomorrow. You know, like I don't even want to know about it. If I have nothing else to do today and I'm bored and it makes me think, I'm gonna enjoy the time off because there's so much time in my normal life where I'm like, oh, I wish I had time off. You know, so I'm gonna enjoy this time right now. You know, that's, that's yeah, 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 that's a perfect thing. Uh, Sounds like you quoted that from the the AA book, One Day at a Time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's, I I used to have that problem too, and it's been a rough year for me. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, I just take things one day at a time because I'm like, I'll freak out about the future or the past. So it's just like, fuck you get you get another day on this earth and it's you know it's just uh you know attack the day and i get another know, you can oh, i'm sorry you, you get hit by a bus tomorrow who knows you know so it's like, so like another thing like matt was saying like like how you didn't really care about like like everyone's caring about like blowing up right you didn't really care about that you cared more about what you put your heart and what meant more to you and like that was a big thing for me in high school was like i just wanted to to, to get the accomplishments and the achievements and the acknowledgements, like get into the good schools, go wrestle at an Ivy League school, be a state champ, like for other people, you know? And then when I got to college, it was like, there'd be little successes in my life that maybe people didn't even know about or like anyone even, like little, like the littlest things. Like even if I like woke up and killed a PR on my, my lift that day, like I would start caring more about that regardless of what other people meant, but because of how much it meant to me. You know, and I try to tell like people all the time, like younger kids in the gym that are asking me like, younger MMA fighters and stuff that are trying to start their careers. I'm like, every time that you're happy or you appreciate it, or there's a success in your life that means a lot to you. Who cares about anyone else? You, you acknowledge it and you love it. You know, like when I won right. district, I was the first district champ 
in my in my high school wrestling history doesn't mean nothing it's district it's garbage but like that meant a lot to me and i really and it still does to this day you know and like it's the little the little battles make them mean something to you you know and that's that's another right. thing i feel like i've been doing recently too yeah i think like social media has fucked our perception of what is successful and stuff yeah like as you said like that means so much to you but like you might be in you know if that happened today you might be inclined to like make some shitty tiktok about it and then it's like <laughs> you know what i mean like it just takes away from all these like experiences and like it makes me just hate the internet so much uh because i just yeah. think like the mindset now is just blow up now and then you know live off of whatever fucking stupid it's niche you have and like today care more about clout than they do about being financially stable and successful yeah dude especially those girls in like south florida and la yeah. and new york city dude yeah. it is unbelievable yeah. that these girls can just post their fake tits and yeah. make fuck like you know they're set for life it's yeah. just unbelievable they, or no they think it's for life they're like oh i'm banging all these celebrities. oh, oh yeah and then in a year you're homeless or you're working at mcdonald's you know like no one they don't understand financial stability anymore it's all about followers and that's not real life like it's cool now but then when you're 40 it's not cool anymore you know yeah it'll be you interesting know. to see how it plays out I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see yo matt do you remember this girl sam Oliveris from she's a, younger than you but yeah yeah i remember dude, yeah dude, dude she's fucking like flying all, all around the world like eating at nobu and uh small world i met a i met this guy from newtown and uh she like brought him on all these extrav ex i can't pronounce the word we might need to edit that out extravagant <laughs> why can't i say that word uh so yeah he goes on this extravagant you know tour with her i guess you could say to freaking everywhere in the world and she's just like living off a of sugar daddy's credit cards and i'm like dude i remember when i like i used to smoke pot with that girl when she was like 13 <laughs> like behind the jonathan law woods you know like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean I, I know her as well and I've, I've been following this journey and i've also been like damn that's sick that she gets to do all that hey honestly I might fucking do it too if I had the opportunity. So I don't dude, have dude, I any, so would. Yeah. Right? I don't have any negative thing to say about that girl. No, absolutely it's not. Like... It's, just, <laughs> it, it's just like a girl from Milford, Connecticut, like from Devon. Just... Yeah. Now, you Matt, know, just... you, do, you do a lot of traveling. What, what are some – so, like, when I was younger, like, I felt like the only thing I ever cared about was sports. Like, I, I want to be the best my sport. Like, I didn't really open doors to travel. I traveled a lot because of sports, which I'm beyond <clears throat> thankful for. But, like, as I got older, I really became – I really appreciated, like, traveling and seeing different cultures. And it made my appreciation for America better and, like, Florida, you know. But, like, it's really cool to see how other people live because I, I had such a closed mind before thinking everyone was like us. What, what, what would you say are some of the, like, the dopest places that you really enjoyed or like even places that surprised you? Yeah, I mean, I resonate with what you just said a lot because Milford is, like, where we're from is just, like, super white. It's super – uh I mean, it's very like one track mind it's it's a great place to grow up i'm really thankful to have yeah. grown up there but like i mean our fucking school is called pumpkin delight bro how white is that <laughs> <laughs> that was that was our elementary school most bro. connecticut we were, shit i've ever heard yeah we were in ymca together we were playing uh game boys <laughs> and yep. playing pokemon together and pokemon. At pumpkin delight dude imagine if we still had those pokemon cards been so rich bro oh my gosh so i still i went through them actually the other day and i don't i mean i don't really have any rare ones like my little brother's like you know all the good ones got traded like i used to yeah. have like the sickest cards and i, I remember your brother to. alex yeah he's a yeah he's a character himself he was a character when we were young i remember like i, I just like i have memories of like being on your street because i would hang out with like your neighbors and I just have memories of like being in the woods with you guys and like people were shooting paintball guns at us and shit. And like, yo, you were there for that? Yeah, bro. With, with like Jeremy Melita and, and yeah, oh bro. my gosh, dude. There. Like back to the traveling. Like, so, like, since you're oh, talking yeah, about 
I'm from Tampa, which is very culturally diverse, which I'm I didn't I didn't appreciate being from Tampa until I left Tampa. Very culturally diverse, like a lot of different backgrounds, and I gotta meet a lot of different people. Like from where you like you're saying, it's a very small town, not a lot of people leave, I'm assuming. What what was that like to leave there and like and like like I said, awesome places you gotta see after that and what you thought about them. Yeah, it was I mean, it was it was awesome. I had always dreamt of leaving. Like I was, since I was little, I was like, I'm going to Boston or New York or oh, LA yeah. or London. And like, when I finally got to go, I was like, damn, man, like, this is, this is awesome. Like I have friends who actually like are proud about art and making art. And like, I have friends that like are great at writing and, and great at these things that were really not part of the social norm when you're in Connecticut. Cause it's more like, you know, being, being from Connecticut and being at like a typical public school, like we were at, it's like very like sports-based and stuff. So I never really felt like I had a community that I belonged to, um, which was fine because it was like, at the end of the day, like I found my people who like that, like Tyler, or like a couple of my friends who do that kind of stuff. But when I got to New York, it was like next level shit. Like I was like meeting the coolest people who, who are just crushing it. So like going to New York was sick because I got, got to meet all those people And then going to LA has been awesome because I get to meet like people who are in the industry, which is like a totally different ball game than New York because, you know, I I hang out with YouTubers and stuff there and they're like, they're just cool as hell and they're doing their thing. And then like being in Oregon, I was like, okay, I'm in a whole other state that I don't even know about. I was in Portland in this house in the suburbs and it was like a beautiful city and just like met so many different people and uh, and then Colorado is the same way. Like it's very, I'm in Boulder right now and it's like very like granola hippie-ish, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like it's not as big about going out here as it is like hiking and stuff like that. So each place I try to like take a bit of and kind of like put it into my jar or whatever of just like things that I love about each city. I love about people that I meet. I love about the culture and like, I'm kind of formulating like the idea of like where I want to, where I want my home base to be. Um, and I've been to Europe a lot too. And that's been somewhere that's really inspired me uh, just to like, you know, do better. Like, I mean, imagine moving to Europe. That would be pretty sick. Yeah. I'd love to move to Europe. I kind of try um, to do what you do. Cause like, I'm a, like I said, I'm a nerd, a sports nerd, you know, dude, like that. Everything in my life is a revolve around sports, you know, like that's, and I'm, I'm, I love that about me. I don't, I don't regret that. But like what I, what I used to do like when I started traveling a lot is I would buy sports teams to the cities I've been to. You know, even if it was like a small division three school that was in like a That's sick. Town. I like that. You know, because now whenever I go to my closet in my house, like I even saw the youth shirts. Like I went to I went to Boston on a field trip, I got a Boston college shirt. It's like would never fit me now, but I keep all of it in my closet. And it's like it, it's the littlest things. Like I probably never even rooted for that team or even knew a player, but like every time I see that shirt, I remember that trip exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's something I try to do a lot. If my friends go to other places, I try to get them to get me jerseys. Like I just want to have a wide variety of things, you know. Like I just feel like there's like little landmarks back to the thing. It like, it means a lot to me, you know? Totally, man. Yeah. I mean, what better way to live your life than just getting, as we were talking about, the whole theme of this episode seems to be perspectives, like getting these perspectives. And I also, as you said earlier, which I thought was interesting, you're talking about like how you, you grant, you uh, gain like a better appreciation for the U S like I've always had, I mean, the past couple of years, just with everything going on, I've just had the mindset of like, fuck this country pretty much. And like, I think a lot of people have, but what I'm realizing is like when as I'm going to these places is like there's some sick places in the United States. Like, you know, I've been to Switzerland. I've been to like all these scenic places. I've been to Iceland. Like I've been to these places. And I, I have to say, like being here and like just being in like driving, like I drove this weekend. I stayed in like a trailer for my girlfriend's birthday, like up on a mountain. And I'm like seeing like mountain lions and shit. And like I'm like, this is crazy. Like there's actually really cool things in the U.S., which aren't really as talk, aren't really talked about. You know what I mean? They're, they're not like the big tourist destinations, but they're, there's some six spots. Yeah, dude. What like Matt, really opened Matt. my eyes. Sorry, I, want, I got one thing. One that really opened my eyes was about a, uh, this summer. I ran. So I'm like I said, big wrestler, big MMA fighter. I ran was being overrun. It was I think it was Iran, and they ended up uh, their most decorated wrestler in their country. The, their government took him and hung him for a nonviolent protest in the streets. We're talking about like. We're talking about like the LeBron James of wrestling in Iran. Like, like we're talking about like he's not a nobody. Like everyone, knows, he's their biggest name celebrity in that country. You know what I mean? And it's just that that was one of the realest realizations that ever hit me. Because I'm 20 years old, 21 years old, and I'm like, 
dude, it, it's crazy that in this country people are depressed because they don't have the nicest cars or they're depressed because they don't have all the followers and like, and like realistically, like just being alive and being like being a, a woman that's able to go vote and being able to like be a person of color and being able to do whatever you want in our country. It's like the little things like that. It's like this man was the highest level of a, of a celebrity's athlete in their country. And they just showed him like it was nothing, you know, and, and we don't appreciate stuff like that enough, I feel like. And that made me, like I said, appreciate the little things, too. You know, it's 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 crazy how different the other world is. We and we always bash America, but it's like there's a lot of stuff that we don't appreciate enough here. And it goes back to what you said. It's the media. You know, the media changes perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Matt, what was I going to say? Oh, um, how long are you in? Uh, are you in Denver, Boulder? Yeah, I'm in Boulder. I leave. I'm here for like another couple of days, and I'm I'm heading to Texas. Oh, I was gonna say, dude. Um, I took a trip to Denver, and then we drove to Cheyenne, and then we drove all the way up to Yellowstone, dude. If you want to get like, if you want to see nothing for miles and miles, like you know those movies where the the mountain, like the road goes up the mountain with no guardrail. Like yeah. we're driving on that. It was insane. So that, that was, was me probably... last week, dude. It was like the scariest shit ever. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't even old enough to drive. I was like fifteen or something. And uh, but damn, that was the coolest trip. I've been to like thirty states, twenty eight states. Sick. So I've traveled um, on that red van. What? Oh, on that oh, red van? No, no, no. <laughs> the good old red van, man. You still remember yeah, that? Yeah, dude. I, iconic. It burned a, burned a hole in my brain of memory. This iconic red van that your family had. I don't know why. I have a good memory of weird shit like that. I have, like, photographic memory. So when I, I remember, like, exactly what your house looks like, your car, everything. It's so oh, funny. yeah. Nothing's changed. Uh, <laughs> my, my mom just bought a new minivan, actually. She loves them. And, I uh, love it. Meanwhile, my car is still registered in Florida. It's it's yeah, how do you, how do you guys know like each other? We went to we went to school together. We, we went to school together. Okay. Yeah. But Roland, you're old. You're older. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I just turned 23 last month, so he's like a year younger. Yeah, I turned 22 in two days. Oh, okay. You're 20. All right, you're 21. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just graduated in January. Yeah, dude, it was just like, I just met, we're in the same fraternity, and I always, like, knew Meech, but I never knew until, like, my end of sophomore year, found out he was the same major as me, and I was like, dude, that's awesome, like, no one, I'm a multimedia journalism major, bro, no one, no one does that, you know, everyone's business, yeah. like, nursing, that was cool, and then we would just talk sports, and then it was, like, COVID hit, we weren't doing much, I talked to Meech every now and then, like, I'd shoot him a text about a big sports topic, or, like, a DM on Instagram, we talked about it for hours over text, like, Meech, why don't we just get a podcast and talk about sports like we, we're good at it you know we know our sports and like we got more of that barstool vibe than like the news vibe you know like we're laid back dudes that watch sports we're not like statistics statistics you know and people people like being able to relate to something and i feel like we're we're relatable we're two college kids that love that love sports you know and i feel yeah, like and it's been working for us so far and a lot of people have like fantasy football podcasts and they like love to talk analytics and you know PPR and like dude screw that man I'm here uh -huh. to I think we got to diversify and just like give our opinions and I don't know I think that's the best route to go now Matt did you yeah. do any sports growing up that you were pretty passionate about <laughs> nah dude I did like I did some sports um, dude I was like bullied off every sports team which is probably what led me to do the shit I do now. Uh, I was like, I played baseball and shit and I played baseball, soccer, basketball, uh, like karate. Like I did all the sports when I was younger. And then when I got into middle school, I was like, damn, this is not, not it. And I always like, it was also, it was always like my dad wanting me to do it. Like it was never like, I mean, I was, it was, sometimes it was fun, uh, but it was like, you know, your parents just want you to do something. They want to have like sports are pretty much in my mind for me, were like the introduction to like a routine, like what other routine do you have when you're a kid other than like, okay, Oh, I have baseball practice tomorrow, you know, uh, yeah. whatever. I have a game this day. So like in my mind, for me, that's what sports did was just introduce me to that structure. And it didn't even build a team for me. Cause they all just fucking made fun of me. So, uh, I never really found like 
that I was good at it and I never really found like the community in it. So I, I, I think I like sports as an adult more, which is funny. Like the past couple of years I've been enjoying, like if a game's on, like watching it, like I, I like going to baseball games, which is probably like your least favorite sport, right? Everyone, everyone who loves sports says it's the worst, but. I, no, I like going to a baseball game. I, I, can, watch, I can watch some postseason baseball. I can, I watch the college world series all the time. I'll watch postseason games. I can't really watch regular season games. You know, it's yeah. so weird, like compared to the South and up here or in the Northeast that we don't give a shit about college football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't always fall down here, bro. Yeah. And then, but like, we care about the NFL. And down there, it's just like, you know, the SEC, it's just, you guys just have crazy college teams. And it's, it's like religion. Yeah. It's like religion. Yeah. 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 You guys are it's just so weird. Like, like Connecticut, what do you think it is, Matt? Probably freaking 75% Democrat. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Besides Fairfield County, like, so it's not really, I feel like people like in Connecticut are almost programmed to, I couldn't wait to get out like you. Like when I was 15, I packed my bags, moved to Savannah, Georgia for a year to live with my dad. And uh, I didn't know that. I, crazy. I, yeah, I ended up coming back and finishing out law. And uh, then after that, I was like, screw that. I'm going to Florida because my dad moved to Florida, got in state tuition, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, I've always had that mindset of, like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And now that I'm back here, I'm like, I still need to get the hell out of here, you know? <laughs> like, like, I, feel like I, like just... what, uh, I like what you were saying, Matt, about, like, the routine in sports. And that's, like, another thing that, that really draws my love to sports. And, like, uh, regardless of, of what people believe about this, but, like, my opinion is I think every kid in America should be required to play sports, at least until, like, eighth grade. You know, because I feel like, there's the routine, there's the hard work, there's commitment, there's heart, there's there's losing, there's failure, there's overcoming adversity. There's things in sports that I feel like you get that you do not get in any other aspect of life. And with today's generation of being lazy and playing video games and, and being on their phones, we're losing a lot of that. We're losing a lot of people, like losing a lot of people that are okay to fail and keep succeeding. Or someone disagrees with your opinion, oh, I'm going to cry about it. No, you, you don't care. You know what I feel like? we're losing a lot of that because of, because of modern day technology, you know? And like, that's just another reason why I'm very passionate about sports. There's a competitive nature to it. There's, there's just traits and characteristics that you don't get in any other, in any other category of life, you know? That's fair. I never, I never thought of it that way. I'm going to throw a curveball. No pun intended. Um, What do you guys think about simulation theory? You think we're living in a simulation? All right. I'm not doing this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can prove to you why we're not. Oh, I'm going this right now, Beach. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. All right, so simulation theory basically would be like we are just, you know, a simulation of um, like a – like we're basically in a video game and that someone else is playing us. But since that we haven't created that simulation that, you know, we can control other societies – that would mean that a simulation wouldn't be the po- wouldn't be possible. We'd either be the first or the last simulation, and more it would be most likely the first. So, thanks, Beach. So, sorry, listen to too much. Yeah, if, we're gonna, if we're gonna go down this work. rabbit hole, I got a way better question to ask. <laughs> How many <laughs> rounds do you think you would survive if every minute you got sent ten first graders? And then every five minutes, you got sent a fifth grade boss. You have no weapons, oh, and you're in, we'll say, like, you're on, like, a football field or, like, a schoolyard. I don't know. You can use whatever's around you. How many rounds oh. do you think you can take? Wait, Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, All right, I'm so, so confused. So every one minute, there's 10 first graders coming to kill you. So regardless <laughs> if you kill all 10 of them, say you only kill eight in the minute and you have two left, another 10 are coming regardless every minute. Okay. And then every five minutes, you get a fifth grade boss. Okay. And you have no weapons. You have, like uh, the big fucking kid in the grade. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the big bully yeah, yeah. and the 11 year old. All right. Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. You don't have weapons. You only have what's around you. Okay. You are still human. You have fatigue, but they're also still human. So they still have fear and they still fatigue as well. How many rounds do you think you're going until you're done until they get you? Bro, I get like 
two minutes, bro. Like I, I, I do not have much like faith in my like you could Dude, maybe last first like, a couple hours. You understand how small and young a first grader is? Dude, I would. We're talking. We're talking like, the first what, graders seven in the years face. old. We're talking like fifty pounds, seven years. Old. Oh like my god! Plate like a plate. Dude, but a minute, that's kind of, like, you'd have to take them all out and just grab, like, three of them by the heads and just clunk them together. Like, we'd have to Yeah, you got to be smart. You got to be smart about you. They are so small, bro. We have to kill them? I'm not killing them. Okay, yeah, there's a a lot of factors that that go into this. First of all, first of all, uh, yeah, do do you have to kill them or are they, can you, Yeah, but they're like robots. They're like robots. Oh, Oh, that's a whole different story. No, because if it was, if they were normal first graders, you could like pinch them and they'll cry. Like you don't have to like kill them. Like it would be easier to like slightly injure all of them. And then, yeah, but what I'm saying them. is, is they're so small and fragile. You can just one hit one of them and then use that one to just kill the other ones. <laughs> all right. Wow. I see we end this podcast because my phone's going to die. So <laughs> I mean, that's and not that- a bad idea though, but like on Family Guy, Peter said he would just go in like a bathroom stall. And just like a narrow entryway, so they have to come in single file and just front kick them. When does it time. stop? Does it ever stop? No, and I mean until you're dead, then, then it's over. If I think I would like, go the opposite really way. You. I, you I would leave the vicinity. Yeah, like you have to be there. Like you have to fight, dude. I would just, I would just rather just die then. Like I don't want to deal with all the exhaustion. Like okay, I let them kill me know. in the first minute. No, now you're making it too complex. You don't know at the time that there, there is no end. Okay um yeah wow i don't know i'm gonna have to think on this that's a, a hilarious question <laughs> what did how do you think of that what is that uh, i saw it I've, joe, I've heard that before. on joe rogan and family guy yeah yeah joe rogan yeah. Said joe rogan said he thinks, said he, thinks he couldn't take on three bird crashers wait what do you say he said he doesn't think he could take on three bird crashers oh no way that guy's fat as shit yeah, that's a big one that's a <laughs> that's so funny they would have that fucking conversation <laughs> But hey, Matt, I just want to say thanks for coming on today, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to shout out your your YouTube channel or whatever you got going on, man, yeah, let everyone know. Check it out. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It was it was awesome. Um, you know, we go we go back a bit, but it was great meeting you and hearing about all the cool shit you're up to. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you I hope you uh you live it up down in in Florida, and I'll hit you up if I go that way. Um, for anybody who's watching who is interested uh my show is called matt the bats batch matt the bats batch it's it show uh, i can't even pronounce my own show name a little tired but um yeah you can check it out it's on youtube it's gonna be on spotify soon i was telling you guys earlier uh and yeah it's just like i work really hard in it so i need subscribers comments likes it means the world world for me you know yeah thanks man we'll definitely keep you in loop hopefully we can get you back on again soon see where your progress is going and all the success you're doing Hell yeah, bro. Let's do like a year checkpoint and we can yeah, look back at this. We'll reevaluate. Like, we'll reevaluate. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. Man, your thanks, your, your thanks podcast for will be huge and my and my show will be big probably. And we'll see and we'll just laugh and be like, wow, we were fucking goobers on that thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But thanks, man. It means a lot. Of course. Thank you, guys. Talk to you, Matt.